I think the truth about the importance of celebration is a good way to end the year. Because I'm going to tell you something. If you're not happy, forget it. If you, don't, if you don't have a life that you get up and celebrate, that you feel good about, nothing else matters. I feel good about me. I'm not tired. I'm not wore out. I don't want to quit. I am not mad with my wife. I'm not faking in front of you and, and another person when I'm not in front of you. I feel prosperous. I feel like I, can, I got $5 if I need it. Thank you, Jesus. I feel that I can manage my difficult days. And I know some of you have managed some difficult days. I know you've had some heartache and some pains. But God is still God. Come on, shout amen. God is still God. So this month, I plan to deal with the issue of celebration. That's my big word. Everybody say celebrate. Now, some people think celebrate means run around, jump up and down. Now, that's part of it, but there's more to celebration than that. So I want to talk about the truth about the importance of celebration. Then I want to talk about the, the, the things that can hinder your celebration. There are things that can hinder. When I get back, I'll talk about that. Then I want to talk about the truth about choosing a day to celebrate. Christmas is a day that was chosen. It was not the day that Christ was born, just for the record, but it was chosen. But they made a decision because they realized that everybody else was having their own celebration, worshiping, worshiping false gods. So they said, well, let's celebrate something. And so some people got together and they chose December 25th as the day to celebrate Christ's birth. He probably was born in the spring. That's a little hint for the sermon. But I'm just saying there's something powerful about you choosing a day. You chose to come here today. God honors that. God honors the choices you make. Christians sometimes get all off. Religious people get all off and they miss the big point. So I'm going to give you a couple of verses today, two verses today. Matthew chapter 11, if you turn there, verse 28, verse 30. And then I'm going to turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So if you broke up, you messed up, you're frustrated, come to me, all of you that are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, which means be useful. It means it's, it's, it's better, it's good, it's easy. And my burden is light. Now, he didn't say there was no trouble, but the burden is light or significant. It's not burdensome. When I read this verse, Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, I want to say that's not the testimony I hear from people that I know who are religious people. Most of the time when I hear them talk or hear us talk, we are burdened. Life is hard. Everything's difficult. I'm either going in a trial, coming out one. We have all kinds of cliches that don't line up with this text. Now, this is Jesus talking. Jesus said this. So I want to be clear. This is the life I should celebrate. This is a description of what I should be experiencing. The question is, why aren't you experiencing that? What is it that makes your life so difficult? And I want to say to you, I'm, I am so in tune with a friend of mine. He made this. His name is um, you, 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 um, up in Seattle, but he's a pastor friend of mine. He preached a sermon series years ago that I listened to on the way to vacation. And it basically talked about sabotaging your own goals. 
Here you are saying you want to celebrate, but you're doing everything you can to create a life you can't celebrate. You're developing habits and rituals and routines that work against being happy. There's no way you're going to be happy physically if you don't take care of your body. There's no way you're going to be happy mentally if you think about certain things. I have learned my limits. I've learned that if I want to be a happy person who celebrates life, there are certain things I can do and certain things I can't do. There are certain things I can't watch. There are certain things I can't allow myself to be consumed by. There are certain people I can't be around. There are certain things I have to stop and say, time out. We can't do that. Because I'm supposed to be able to celebrate. The truth is, I should be celebrating my life. But here's what's interesting, and this is my testimony. I have done some things, worked hard to get to certain places, and then when I got there, I wasn't, I wasn't, wasn't happy. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, you worked hard to get a man, worked hard to get a woman, worked hard to get your job, worked hard to get wherever you are, and, and get a car, worked hard to get the house, worked hard, and now you're mad because it's dirty. Everything that you thought you celebrate, you don't celebrate. I see pastors, they get big churches, they grow, churches grow, and then they, they, they almost lose their mind because there's too many people. You can't celebrate, and, and, and I want to know why. Celebration should be a part of our life. I, I had another whole teaching for, for, um, for this month. I did the whole series, laid it all out, and I said, I don't want to do that. I want to talk about one word. Everybody says celebrate. Because that's what I need. I need to celebrate. All the stuff we've been through, the pandemic, man, you lose all your ability to celebrate. You, you, you're scared of everybody. You see people, you don't want to shake their hand. You don't want to hug them. You, know, you don't know what to do. You just kind of do the I don't know what to do move. Anybody know about that? Do they mind if I hug them? Do they mind if I bump them? Do they know, what, do they, what do we do? And I'm telling you, there's this, 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 this moment in your life, if you're not careful, you're not living like what Jesus said. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. He's calling for you. All you toe up from the floor up people, he said, come to me. And when you come to me, I'm going to give you more to do. No. Everybody say rest. A lot of you home right now. You know why you're home? You're resting right now. I know you're there. You're resting. And church people beat you up for it. I want you to come in the house of God. I want you to make your way over here. But I'm telling you right now, a lot of people are tired. Can I get an amen, somebody? Amen. You're tired of the clothes. You're tired of the children. You're tired of the job. You're tired, almost tired of yourself. You're tired. You see all these people shooting people and killing their family, all this bad stuff you see? Tired people. Tired people. And I hate to say it, church don't make you rest. They, sometimes they weigh you out more than everybody. You got to come on this day, and you got to come on that day, and you got to do this, and you got to do that. And, every, you know, hey, I, I'm telling you, I've had moments in my life where I realize I'm not, I've lost my celebration. I've lost my capacity to be happy. And if I'm not careful, I start taking Diane for granted, taking my kids for granted, taking myself for granted. One more time, take myself for granted. One more time, take myself for granted. I watched a movie last night, didn't make any sense to me. It was absolutely ridiculous. It was wonderful. Though. I enjoyed every minute of it. <laughs> it made no sense. I should tell you the name of the movie. But I don't want to talk about no trolls today. But I'm going to tell you what. I was watching the movie, and I was... <laughs> I tell you what, and, and I, I sat there, 
And, you know, and when they get corn at a certain part, you know, but it's good corn. And you said, then you just don't make, don't, I got things to do. No, you don't. Stop. Yourself. I, I went I went and watched uh, Wakanda. What that is? I watched all. I was doing it too. Yeah, there you go. I was doing all that. Everybody say celebrate. celebrate. You lose your capacity to be happy. My wife made a statement. We, and it just put our marriage. We put our marriage. This is a marriage moment here. You know what she told me? She, well, she didn't tell me. She's talking to the children, and I just heard her say it, and I was sitting right there. When all of you leave, it's going to be so boring. I said, what you mean? <laughs> I'm here. And she said, it's going to be so boring. <laughs> you know why? Because they bring celebration. When, when they come to my house, it's loud. When they come to my house, they just, they, they, everything's everywhere. They're having a ball. I mean, and they love it. Music's loud. They want to bring all their friends to my house. Why y'all bring everybody up to 30 people? All them people crowding in my house. But you know what? They're playing games and they're celebrating. There's something about that. I have to learn to not be a boring guy. I got to be a happy guy. So that's why I do things too. I keep it going. All right. We got to celebrate, Diane. Wake up, girl. Come on. Celebrate. Everybody say celebrate. celebrate. Your life is boring. You're boring. And if you're not careful, what Jesus said here will never be true for you. I will give you rest. But love this now. He's honest, though. Take my yoke. Say that slow. Come on. Take my yoke upon who? You. Pause. Now, that don't make sense. You told me to rest, then you talk about a yoke. Please understand, the way to celebration is through a yoke. I want you to hear me. You're not going to learn or have a life that's celebratory without learning how to manage the yoke. See, notice he says, you're going to learn with this yoke. I am gentle. You'll learn that I am humble. You'll learn, you'll learn that I am a person who will help you find rest for your soul, your intellect, your emotions, your will. My, that's what interacting with me will do. And then in the end, after you carry the yoke, you'll find out it's easy. I'm going to strengthen you. You're not going to be overwhelmed by it. You won't lose your celebration because of the yoke. I cannot accomplish God's will for my life without a yoke. Education requires a yoke called studying, reading, test. That's the yoke part of it. Marriage has a yoke. Communication, repenting, saying you're sorry. That's the yoke part of it. Sometimes embarrassment. Humiliation, exposure, all of that. That's the yoke part of the job. Children are wonderful, but there's a yoke that comes with children. It's nurturing and patience and guidance and sometimes embarrassment. They'll put your name in lights. But that's the yoke part of it. Can you say yoke? That's part of it. Jesus was honest with you. He didn't say, I didn't, I didn't you know, that old song, I didn't promise you a rose garden. There are moments in your life when you must be honest and say, I understand the balance in my celebration. I will have more to celebrate as I plow through this. So there are four things that I wanted you to understand he promises. Number one, rest. Number two, you will learn. Number three, you will see that this is easy. And you'll also see that it's light. But I've learned that 
And most of the time, when you are not able to celebrate in your life, there is a reason. And if you're honest, you know what it is. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such great a cloud of witnesses, listen carefully to what he says. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. I want to stop there. I'm, if I'm honest, I know what happened. If I'm honest. If I'm honest, I can tell you what stopped me from celebrating. If I'm honest. I overspent. Created some debt that robbed me of my joy. If I'm honest. And I, I mean, what is it that stops you from celebrating? Boy, I can, I can ooh, man. Ooh, you, you know the burden? Uh, and we're not in that burden today. Thank you, Jesus. But do you know the burden of having to get up here and you have to raise an offering because you've got to pay this week's bills? Ooh, you call them deacons back up two or four times, I'm telling you. Because, you know, because you, you know that yoke, man, you, you know, you... <laughs> And you act like you don't know, but you know exactly what you did. You built something too big. You got expenses you can't pay. You can't get paid. I mean, all the issues, all the issues that could be going on in your life. You, you know why your husband left. You called him a you-know-what several times. Told him to get out of your you-know-where. You know why she like that? Because you're not faithful. You know exactly why. You got to want, I mean, if I were to go through the list, if you're honest, you know what the weight and the sin is. There's something about that moment. And one of the things I really work at in my life is being honest about what weighs me down. <laughs> Can I be honest? You didn't help me out. Can I be honest? You ever seen those commercials on taxes that come on the radio? Now, I'm considered self-employed by the government, which means the church is not obligated to take my taxes out. Now, all the staff who works for me, they are obligated to take their taxes out and send it in or you get in trouble. You got three days, I think, Justine. That's right. Three days. You ain't got long. So if I take it out of your <laughs> on Monday, I need to be getting them taxes in to the government by Wednesday or so. So, I'm, but as a self-employed person, you know, you send it in when you, you know, quarterly. And so if you ain't careful, you think you can just spend that money. If you've been self-employed, anybody self-employed here? Know what I'm talking about? Right, right. You know, but you know, there's some days in the month, in the year, that are really important to you. You ready? Everybody say the 15th. 15th. April 15th. Uh, June 15th. Uh, September 15th. October 15th. Then January 15th. Now, if your taxes is not in, and you know you didn't send them all in, and you get close to them days, the commercial comes on the radio, says... Did you owe the IRS some money? <laughs> when they come on there, you say, oh, Jesus, I didn't send in. Oh, wow, I got to make sure I get that in. Oh, oh, I'm behind $1,000. Oh, you know, see, but if you paid it all, you can listen to the commercial. But if you didn't pay it, you cut it off. <laughs> see, that's a burden you should never carry because you need to get yourself in alignment. See, here's my point. Sometimes we know the hindrance. We know what the weight and we know what the sin is. We know exactly what it is. Here's what he says. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off, or in the King James, lay aside 
everything that hinders, everything that stops me from celebrating. And then he goes down in verse 3 and says, and don't grow weary and lose heart. Don't, don't stop. Don't allow yourself to get weary. It's so easy to start and stop. And what that does is it hinders your celebration until you're willing to throw off stuff, until you're willing to say, this is the truth. This is the habit I had for years, and I must stop this. Because if we don't, it hinders our own celebration. Now, I want to list some things that I celebrate. I thought that'd be fun. So let me give you five things that I celebrate. This is just a personal testimony. You ready? Number one, marriage. That is one of the areas of my life that I, I celebrate. Some of you say, well, that ain't mine. But this was the most hopeful day of my life. Getting, getting married to Diane was probably the second best decision of my life. Coming to Christ was the first one. Second was being married to her. Marriage was designed by God. Say that with me, please. Come on, come on. Marriage was designed by God. God created it. It's supposed to be wonderful. It's supposed to be. If it's not, what is the weight? What is your approach to this institution that makes it difficult? What is the yoke you're not managing well? What have you not learned? Now, I believe that on the other side of that, just for the record, to make, make help single people get it, Jesus was never married. Paul was never married. Matter of fact, Paul was a recruiter for single people. So I, I want to be clear that I'm not saying that for everybody, marriage is the path. But I'm saying, if you ask me what I celebrate, I celebrate that. Now, Paul, he celebrated being single. First Corinthians chapter seven, read it on your own. He said, I wish everybody was like me. He said, because when you're married, you got to worry about the things of the world. And so I think you have to learn how to celebrate where you are. Celebrate your singleness, celebrate your marriage. For me, because I'm preaching, me, I'm celebrating marriage. Secondly, I celebrate children. Now, my children, <laughs> that was a paralyzing, I call it a paralyzing day of my life. When you, you look at that little person and you see them and you go, oh, boy, that's mine. Wow. I, mean, I remember when, when Ricky was born and uh, he came out long, 22 inches, something long. He was long. He was long. And I, they looked at him and I thought it was a girl. I did. And the doctor said, no, you got a boy. And he, well, he, and he said something else. He helped me see. Look, oh, he is, here's a boy. Anyway, so, he, so, so when he did that, I said, oh, I would say, ooh, I, I just like a woo. And then they cleaned him up, you know, and they tried to get to give me a minute. I did. I said, give me a minute. I, I didn't take him right away. I had to give me, I, I don't want to drop him. I don't know. What, he looked big. He long. You know, and in that moment, it was paralyzing. And all your life, your kids will paralyze you. They're going to paralyze you when they're born. <laughs> Somewhere between here and there, they're going to make you freeze. And I remember that, and it was amazing. Third thing that I have celebrated is pastoring. Pastoring is what I call the biggest surprise in my life. I am as shocked as anybody that I'm up here. Every time I get ready to preach, I'm surprised I preach. I'm surprised that I'm a preacher. I'm surprised I like it. I'm surprised that I've done it for 40, Lord Jesus, one years and still want to do it. I'm amazed that God has been gracious to me, pastoring people. I like people. And let me just say, so, I'm say I like the one-on-one -on -one part. I like coming to your house, taking my shoes off, rubbing your dog. I like it. I like that. I like, I like the down-home, face-to-face, um, more than I like this. This is what I have to do. But I would, some of you say, well, I'm going to invite you over. Try it. You'd be surprised. I love it. I enjoy people. I enjoy um, 
I enjoy, I, I like, you know what I like about being a boss? This is one, even, I, I get, that's part of my pastoring job. 80% of my job is management, by the way. 20% is this. 80%. And I like coming to this. I, I, I had a, I, I plan. I give my staff food. Uh, if y'all get another pastor, that's one of the requirements. You have to give them food. But I pack lunches for myself. And I always pack extra for them because I know they like it. And so those who are close to my office, I may give them some grapes or something or an orange or something or water. I, I pack stuff. I, I like that. I like seeing them say, yes, I love, I love a bag of grapes. I love that. The interaction. The, I, love to go, I love to see people get better. That, that, you can't make that happen. Come on, give me an amen. Yeah. See, I celebrate that. I, I celebrate what this job requires sometimes, even when it's difficult. And, you know, you can't fake it. Fourthly, I celebrate college. A man that shaped my future and all my options. Academia has helped me. There's no way around it. That may be not your journey, not your journey but I'm telling you, for me, it's mine. Life Pacific University changed my life. It has changed my life. It changed my life. So I got my undergrad and my master's. It changed my view of the world and my academic experience. And one day I've got to do a sermon on my academic journey. I was insecure. I was not sure. I didn't know what I was doing. But I, by, by God's grace, it's amazing. I even made it to a doctoral level of any kind of study. God helped me. I was a young boy who didn't understand what honor roll was. It was a member of my church. She asked me, Pastor Ricky, when you were in school, were you on the honor roll? I said, no, I hire those people now. Hallelujah. But she, I mean, I, it, can I be real transparent? My family taught me to pass. When I got married and had children, Diane understood all that stuff about honor roll and high honor roll and cum laude and lodi laude, and I had nothing about all that. I knew pass. Everybody say pass. That's all I knew. Don't fail any classes. And so there was a whole new culture when I got married. But inside of me, there was an academic fire. Inside of me, there was a passion to learn and read. Inside of me, but it wasn't unlocked until I got exposed. I'm telling you right now, once I got exposed and caught fire, it took me a while, but once I caught fire, I started burning, and I'm still burning. At 64 years old, I'm still burning. Come on, say man. I'm telling you. I celebrate vacations. Man, what? I'm about to go somewhere now. Praise God. Hallelujah. What was amazing, the places I went made me dream bigger. They made, me, they made me think about things differently. And then number six, I celebrate grandchildren. Wow. I got one coming in a couple of days. New one. Loving them is unfair. What I feel for Milani is unfair. And she knows it but I resist it. <laughs> but she normally wins. And now I have another little baby girl coming. But somehow became uh, man. Because mm. somehow when you look at you see the next generation of yourself. 
When you look at them, you see something. And I think my mic is starting. I'm getting so anointed. My mic is okay. Good. All right. So let me close. That's the hint. Let me close. <laughs> what celebration do I look forward to? Well, this month I look forward to Christmas. I look forward to celebrating a day we've chosen to honor God, honor the birth of Christ. I look forward to my birthday, April 26th, every year. I look forward to vacations. I look forward to advancements, any kind of advancement. I don't want to be stagnant. I don't want to be stuck. I don't want to, I don't want to be in a place where I'm not moving forward. I want new business ideas, new entrepreneurial ideas. I want God to expand my life. And I look forward to learning. I can't wait to read another book. I can't wait to find something new to learn. I started reading a new one today. I did. Before I came here, I had to read a couple of pages. Just to say I'm starting a new learning journey. I want you to stand with me. I've talked for 25 minutes. That's long enough. What are you celebrating? What are you happy about? I'll give you a secret. Because you're an only child, when you're raised as an only child, you don't have the conveniences of siblings and people to celebrate with. So I learned to celebrate alone. That's what makes my prayer life so powerful because I'm used to being with God alone. I don't need, hear this right. God, this is going to be misunderstood if I don't say it right, but I'm just going to try it. I, let me say this. I love church. I pastor church, have done it for 41 years and was, was preaching five years prior to that. I have proven, I have degrees in theology and church. I understand, I like church. Have I been clear? But I don't need church to celebrate Jesus. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? It don't bother me that you're home right now. It don't bother me that you're streaming and it doesn't bother that the hundreds of you are here but there's a bunch of you home. I don't, I don't mind that you're on demand. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me that 60% of our people who watch us watch us on demand. I don't mind. Listen, listen. If you're going to have a real celebration with Jesus, it's got to be you in your kitchen by yourself. It's got to be when you're by yourself in your bedroom. It's when you're going through a hard time. You don't have to call a preacher. You can call Jesus for yourself. Ain't nothing wrong with calling for help, but I'm telling you right now, I've got too many challenges. I've got too many burdens. I've got too many days when depression tries to follow me. I've got too many moments when nobody knows what I'm going through and I know how to celebrate. Come on, say amen. I know how to worship God. Man. Father, I gotta go, but Father, I thank you for this moment. And I celebrate you. And I celebrate your power in my life. I thank you for the joy I have. It's not tied to anybody but you. I thank you for the grace of God on my life. As we leave this service today, I pray your spirit would give us strength. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you say, Pastor Ricky Temple, I heard you today. 
I need, I need you to pray for me. I, I need, I need, my walk with God is in need of prayer. I, I need you to pray for me. I'm right here in my seat, right here, where you are, living room, wherever you are. I want you right now, if that's you, I want you to raise your hand so I can know who I'm praying for. Pray, pray for me, Pastor. I see anybody else praying for me. Anybody else? I see you. I see three hands. I see four. I see more. Thank you. God bless you. Five, six, seven or so. Thank you for these. And those who are home, God bless you. If you are home watching, then on that screen, type in, I raise my hand. Just, just type it in the chat right there. And when you type that in, or there's a little thing, you button there, you can click and say, I raise my hand if you want to touch the device. Right now in Jesus' name, if you're watching on demand, just, just join me right now in this prayer. Father, let this be the moment of healing for them. Let this be the moment where they say, Jesus, I invite you to come into my life in a new way. Take me to a new place. I give you all the praise. You died on the cross to free us. You died on the cross to save us. I give you honor and praise in the name that's above every name. And for some, oh God, they want to be a part of a good church. May this be the place they choose. We, pray, we welcome them with open arms. We pray this will be a place of blessing if that's their desire. We want to be a help to them as they grow and serve you and celebrate your life. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen.